Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. We are back to man car. Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez, Eddie. Uh, what a beautiful Christmas season, uh, the Feast of the Epiphany, and New Year's, uh, and Happy New Year's to your family, my friend. Happy New Year's to you guys, Jess. Uh, I'm reporting for duty, sir. Good to be with you. Yep, 2024, another year. We got to storm. We got to storm the beaches of Normandy for Jesus. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Time's getting short, Jess. Yep. Hey, um, couple things I want to mention before we got it today. We're going to be talking about them. We're going to put on a clip about. Uh, Shane Lynch, who exposes devil worship rituals and music. This is something we've all, all already known, but it's good when an insider talks about it instead of somebody like myself, yourself. They'll say, well, you guys aren't Hollywood insiders or Hollywood entertainers. How do you know? So we're going to show you a short clip of Shane Lynch, who's exposing devil worship rituals in music. Then uh, on the next segment, we're going to also share you a show, an inspirational clip of Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Then he talks about the strength of the Catholic Church. Then, of course, we're going to get into our Liber Cristo method of healing and deliverance. We're going to be talking about today, Divide and Conquer, starting on page 73. But, Eddie, a couple things I want to mention. Uh, Cardinal Victor Fernandez, and that I think we should be calling now the Smut Cardinal. Uh, by the way, he had a file on him. I don't know how he made this position to being the top catechist in the world because... There was a file on him by the CDF under Cardinal Mueller and, and, and Ratzinger for teaching heresy. So he was sidelined under Mueller and Ratzinger. And all of a sudden, Pope Francis becomes Pope and he's taken out of the sidelines and into the playing field. Well, we've discovered that uh, he just wrote a book called The Mystical Passion, Passion Spirituality and Sensuality. Eddie, it's a book where he goes into detail about orgasms. Now, my question is, how does a supposed celibate chaste priest know so much detail about male and female orgasms? Let me tell you something. I read the three chapters that were sent to me, and uh, I'm telling you, Cardinal Fernandez, he could submit his articles or that book to Playboy magazine or Rolling Stones magazine, and uh, and I'm telling you, it would it would be probably the the article of the year. He also wrote a book before that called "Heal Me with Your Mouth: The Art of Kissing." In my opinion, Eddie, I don't know about you, but writing books like this this is unbecoming for a prince of the Catholic Church to write something this sensual and racy. To me, it's pretty obvious that Cardinal Fernandez focuses and has focused a lot of his writings and probably a lot of his spare time on um, on those below the waist issues and as far as I'm concerned Cardinal Fernandez is corruption the corrupting the culture and corrupting the Catholic Church and he writes about minute details of sexual intimacy as uh, uh, as somebody who has experience Eddie just this this creates more confusion for me I mean you got to think about how is it that he uh, he passed the grid as far as getting cleared for this job? That's number one. How did he get there, having written this book previously, having the previous 
uh, history that he has. And then it, it tells me this. Uh, was he already a clergy clergyman when he wrote this? Apparently so. And if that's true, then Jess, he's active. He's he's still active in that lifestyle. And that creates a whole bunch of questions that, that uh, so, they're going to have to appoint a someone to do the investigation and it's not going to be a sitter just it's going to it should be somebody that knows how to do investigations yeah this guy's got to fall on the sword eddie i mean i I don't know how pope francis can keep this guy after what's going to blow up today all over the catholic podcasting world and catholic uh uh, journalist uh, i don't know how he survives this because because i'm telling you uh this cardinal fernandez this guy's written nothing of substance that i know of the art of kissing and this other book on orgasms as far as I'm concerned, uh, why is this priest writing so much about carnal pleasures? I mean, uh, it's this is mind-boggling. He's active, just He's got to be an active homosexual, participating and be active in the lifestyle. It's not just a same-sex attraction. This guy's participating in it. He has participated in it. And uh, if there's any truth to, uh, to what's being found out, like I said, just that, he's going to be gone for sure, but I think the uh, the document that the Pope came out with has to be erased. I mean, yeah. it's got to be gone, rescinded. It's, yeah, exactly. It got to be thrown into the ash heap of history. It's going to have no no binding force when they know that the author uh, the author is a man who who writes smut. This guy doesn't write anything theological, Eddie. This guy, this guy, he's got a history of writing books on carnal pleasure. He doesn't talk about uh, you know uh, you know the path to holiness or or how to how to fight one's lust. No, this guy is out there. Uh, he's encouraging others to explore their 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 dark appetites. Yeah, this this guy is uh this guy needs to go. Yeah, Jess. I mean, you can't keep somebody like that around. And uh, you know, what about all the other people that the, the Pope is allowed to be cardinals, Jess? This this raises all kinds of questions, right? Mm. So the cardinals that we have there that are going to elect the next Pope, are they as tainted as Fernandez? This is terrible. Yeah, yeah. To me, the, the, his this book that just been discovered, it was written in Spanish in 1998. They translated it into English, and it's all over. They're sending it to, to all the podcasters around the world. So I got one uh, a day and a half ago. Terry got one as well, a copy of the book now in English. And I'm telling you, just I'll just I just read the three salient chapters. They say that are the worst. And to me, this is this book is the Spanish version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, see, just that, and I haven't seen it, just but you know the reality is that uh, there's something wrong. The 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 census fide of the uh, of, of the Catholic Church sensed what was happening here, and and now we have a reason. Uh, that that it did go wrong. I think we have to delve into that. We have to have somebody look at it, somebody that's independent, yeah. not somebody that the Vatican appoints. But we have to, uh, you know, who who knew about this, Jess? Who knew about it, and who's and de- still within? And uh, demand uh, his resignation. The census yeah. dealing. We have to demand his resignation. Absolutely. Yep. Hey, uh, we, we want to play. Uh, we're we're going to go on to a, a, the, the next topic. We want to play a small little clip. It's a two-minute clip. It's uh, it's ex-Boy Zone member. His name is Shane Lynch, and he exposes devil worship. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? I've been in rooms at the, the top of the top, which albums are prayed over demonically. Music is prayed over demonically. 
um, that goes out to the world, goes out to the radio stations, goes out to the public. And when you see that stuff and know that stuff, it's frightening. What do you mean by that, Shane, prayed over demonically? So uh, rituals, ceremonies, everything to bring, um, uh, to give light to, to, to the devil, to Satan. It's a satanic music industry. That's majority of what it is. Do you, do you mean figuratively or do you mean literally you've been in... Literally, yes. Um, if you look at what the music is today, the industry is today, uh, for all your Sam Smiths to your Dojo Cats to your Beyonce's to... They are so demonic, it's unbelievable. And we can't... It's in front of us. Um, it's something that we uh, kind of go, oh, it's just music. But it really isn't. It's absolutely taken over the world, taken over our children, and taken over uh, everything that's, that, that's coming to the, the times of, of world crisis. Wow. Uh, this is something we've always pretty much known, but it's good when you see a Hollywood insider, when they talk about it so clearly like this. Uh, and I can tell you that um, it's no wonder that Satan has taken over much of the music because we know that uh, as Dr. E. Michael Jones, he wrote a book called uh, Dionysus Rising on Music. He says, music acts directly on the soul Disordered music leads to disordered lives, which leads to a disordered to disorder in the state. Also, Roman philosopher Seneca, he wrote, vices more easily enter the soul while one is being entertained by music. Uh, and so, Eddie, uh, does this surprise you? No, just actually, it's, you know, if you hit the rewind button, I remember Father Crappie talking about this years ago when he was in the circle around Ike and Tina Turner. So he he talked about how how there was rituals going on and, and, and praying demonically over these things. So this is a rehash, but just every so often we need to hear it again because we forget we give our kids access to this music that's been demonically prayed over. And then we wonder why there's so many people that are afflicted with what's going on now. Yeah. There's no wonder. There's no wonder. Yeah, in fact, just to just to support what you said and and what uh, this uh, this ex uh, boy zone band member says, um, I'm looking here at a website that says uh, Satanic High Priest Anton Lavey, founder of the Church of Satan in 1966, and his son-in-law Nicholas Shrek, they explain a plot to subvert humanity using pop culture most especially through the manipulation of the mind through music and propaganda in politics close quote so you got anton lavey talking about this in the 60s uh, him and his son-in-law they're saying we're going to take over the young people through pop music which has satanic lyrics so you know once again uh confucius check this out confucius said this is 500 years before our lord jesus christ he said if you want to know the morality of a nation, let me hear their music. Hmm. Yeah, All right. This, you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. You gotta. I'm Anton Lavigne is uh, on one of the uh, the album covers for the Beatles, so he was into it at that time, and uh, obviously his legacy continues. Up next, we'll hear a quick uh, quick clip from Bishop Schneider. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Lord, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. Eddie, before we start uh, classroom time, let's do a St. Michael together. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, Eddie, Eddie, uh, and I'm not joking when I say this, uh, Cardinal Fernandez should go through this. Uh, he should be a patient or a penitent in this four-phase protocol. I mean, do, do you think priests and bishops can't get diabolically afflicted, even possessed? Are you crazy? Of course they can. In fact, these guys are the prime targets of Satan. And the way this guy's been writing for the last couple of decades, this guy's not writing under the power of the Holy Spirit. He's running, writing under the power of a carnal evil spirit. You know, Jess, I, I have this vision in my mind. Like a gang member, there's some demons walking around hell right now with a lot of juice because of what they, the one that, that took this carnal down, he uh, he's going to walk around with some juice for a while. Yeah. Eddie, can you also imagine the way right now the world powers, they're laughing at the church. I mean, here, here's the man who's in charge of all, of all the doctrine and theology of the church. The buck stops with him. And, and this man writes smut novels. And, and he's the one that's in charge of guarding the faith. I, I, I mean, my head, my head spinning, Ed. My head spinning thinking about this. That's what I'm saying. Just this creates so many more questions than that most of us have already come up with, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play hell trying to figure it out here. I, I, and I hope they don't come up with some some line that that we've uh, uh, you know that we can only imagine that that people at the Vatican would come up with. We have to. Uh, that's why it's got to be investigated independently just to get a good answer off this. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, just want to mention before we start uh, go through our Liber Cristo series here. Um, priest number 35, I believe. Yeah. Number 35 has been, uh, has been canceled by Pope Francis. So there's a running count so far. Pope Francis in 10 years has suspended, canceled, terminated, fired so far as of last week, 35, uh, either bishops or priests. The latest one is, uh, was an Italian priest. Uh, last week he was, uh, canceled. He was struck down for, during a 20-minute homily, he called Pope Francis an, an anti-pope usurper. He's a priest in Tuscany, Italy, and, uh, and he, he gave this homily during the anniversary of Pope Benedict's death. And uh, yeah, he said that Pope Francis is doing damage to the church. And so prelate number 35, gone. Daddy, you know, yeah. you know how many, you know how many um, prelates uh, Pope... Uh, John Paul II suspended in like 27 years of being a pope. I read he suspended one, got rid of one. One or two, yeah. Maybe yeah, one or two. And, th and this one in 10 years, 35 and counting. And guess what? None of them have been suspended for teaching heresy. None of them have been suspended for being sexual predators. They've been suspended because he doesn't like what they say. So the cancel culture is alive and well. 
under the Pope Francis papacy. You know, Jesse, you got to wonder how many of these priests were Latin Rite priests. How many were solid in their? Most of them were solid in their yes. in their catechesis, right? So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Your 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 pastor better watch it. I'm telling you because he's he's definitely one of those people that would be on the chopping block. Same with mine. Same with my pastor. They're they're yeah. they're 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 of the same stripe. So Eddie, uh, let's uh take a look at the Liber Cristo. The section is called "To Divide and Conquer," and uh, it's it's. Uh, it's in the Dan, Dr. Dan Schneider's book, The Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Dan writes, this analysis is based upon the observation that our vocational sacrament provides our base armor against evil as it orients us towards God. This orientation towards God means that for a married person, sacramental graces flow through the spousal union and through each other to the children. Stop that flow of sacramental grace and the power structure is fractured such that grace is occluded, that means blocked, from flowing into this fam- into the family. So let me explain what Dan is saying here, okay? Think about dad, mo- dad and mom, specifically dad. He, uh, dad has the power to, uh, like, open this, the window, okay? Say there's a window on the roof. And then sunlight comes into the house. Only dad has that power to open it. But dad can keep that window closed. And he could actually put a sheet over it, cover it, so that no light comes into the house. And so that light is, is, a, is a description of God's grace. And so Dan is talking about here about the power, the patriarchal authority of the man to bring God's grace into the house or to block what he calls occlude God's grace. This is why there's so much problems in the average Catholic household is because the guy, the men are checked out. The men are basically just watching, you know, football reruns or UFC reruns and uh, they don't have a faith life. They don't have a prayer life. And uh, they're basically just worldlings. And so who suffers from, from all the diminished graces that their wife and their kids should be receiving. Who suffers? The rest of the family does, Eddie. You know, just it's funny because I'm sure, I'm not sure what the, the, the statistics would be, but many of men are not even at home right now. We have broken families. So when we do have a family that a man has the authority to take care of the, the spiritual element of the household, well, it's not being done anyway. So yeah, you can see why the devil has an upper hand on, on today's society, Jess, and that's concerning to me. Absolutely. Yep. So, Dan writes, Consequently, you must look for deficiencies in the sacramental marriage to include the grave sins of contraception and fornication. If you're not married in the church, then you and your children are vulnerable. If you have not confessed and seized the use of artificial means of birth control, the same vulnerability exists. Remember, the demon looks for the mouth who blesses and curses. Do you bless God by receiving Holy Communion while cursing him with behavior that directly opposes the church's moral teachings? An astute predator, the demon, not only notices these pattern breaks and inconsistencies, but also exploits them. Once again, it goes back to take a look at St. Joseph. That's the paradigm for all this spiritual warfare. Who did God choose to protect the Holy Family? Who did God choose to teach the Holy Family their prayers? 
Who did God choose to bless the Holy Family by raising his right hand over Mary and baby Jesus and the boy Jesus as he grew up? Who's the one that God ordained to take the kids to the temple, you know, a couple of times a year and to synagogue on Saturdays? It was Joseph. And we as Catholic men have forgotten the responsibility. And this is why the Holy Family is a perfect paradigm. The Blessed Mother, although she's perfect, full of grace, all holy, the greatest saint in the economy of the church triumphant, she was submissive to her husband. She understood the pecking order. And so there was an ordered and a right relationship within the Holy Family. And that's why the grace of God just flowed and flowed into that family uh, for the entire time they were here on planet Earth. Yeah, just, I mean, like you said, the Virgin Mary understood the uh, the picking order of the family, and she allowed, she allowed St. Joseph to take charge of it, to take care of it, because she knew he was a man of God, Jess, and uh, that's why they're, uh, you know, that's why they have saints in front of their names, and the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Blessed Virgin Mary, because yeah. they took care of things the way they were supposed to. Yeah, again, and that's a perfect example. Not the novelas, not the you know, the day the day uh, you know sitcoms or soap soaps or whatever. The perfect paradigm of family life is the Holy Family. Look no further. Keep it that simple. Eddie, you want to pick it up from there? Sure. Yes, it says the sacramental grace of holy matrimony is intended to perfect the couple's love and strengthen their dis- dissoluble uh, unity. By this grace, they help one another to attain holiness in their married life and in welcoming and educating their children. This is the enemy's target. Another name for, of the devil is the divider. He constantly seeks to weaken the indissoluble unity of marriage through division and discord. When the couple is divided, grace is occluded and the children can now be more easily attacked. Yep. The demon will often claim a right to be uh uh, to be a person, as if saying, "Look, God, present, this... present, Eddie." It says present. Sir, oh, okay, a right to be present to a person, right? Yeah. As if saying, "Look, God, this one let me in wherever, whenever he did X, I have the right to be here." Remember, he is called the accuser in Revelations twelve for a reason, a lawyer from hell. The word for accuser also means prosecuting attorney. As I wrote elsewhere, however, the demon has no rights over us, only permissions to be there granted by our sinful behavior. Confession and acts of penance, especially when combined with prayer and the pursuit of holiness, removes all of his claims. To be clear, if if your soul bears the indelible mark of baptism, you belong by right to God alone. And by the way, the sacrament of baptism, the... uh... The catechism says in paragraph 1673, it is uh, it is a minor exorcism. And so, uh, Eddie, a week and a, a week ago, my my newest granddaughter, uh, uh, baby Kateri Escobar, she was exorcised seven days ago in the rite of baptism. So uh, I pick it up here. Since. Uh, Witchcraft is a practice of magic or sorcery in any in any form. At the root, witchcraft witchcraft is an anti-religion that counterfeits true religion and true worship. It is based on the belief, according to Father John Harden, that material objects or non-human living creatures possess preternatural powers that can be invoked or appeased by hidden or occult means. This invoking of the preternatural and the exaltation of creature and creation to convey some power 
through inanimate or through animate or inanimate agency or diabolic inversions of Catholicism. In the Catholic religion, liturgy, sacraments and sacramentals, blessings and material objects such as water, oil and salt are utilized to convey the power of God. Witchcraft mimics this sacramental economy. Since the demon takes our words and deeds very seriously, specifically when when we invoke him in a ritualistic way, the following occult activities should be avoided by Catholics. Some are direct violations of the first commandment and others have ties with the diabolic and should likewise be confessed so that the demon can no longer use the permission granted against you. A short list of forbidden practices is found in a binding prayer that priests use to sever the spirits associated with witchcraft. Uh, These include astrologers, bomos, channelers, charters, clairvoyants, crystals, crystal healers, fortune tellers, mediums, and the New Age movement. We'll pick this up on the next segment. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. Uh, Happy Holy New Year, family. We'll be right back. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're back. Jesus 911, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. We're talking about the occult right now, witchcraft, the occult, and permissions. Eddie, that's an interesting point, uh, the fact that as Catholics, you know, some people may be afflicted by the devil and they start saying, oh no, the devil has a right over me. He has a right. Knock it off. Quit allowing the devil to lie to you. He has no rights over a baptized Catholic. He only has permission. That's a big difference. He has permission to afflict you. And that permission is given by your implicit or explicit consent through mortal sin. Eddie, comment? Yeah, just, I mean, you know, people have to understand that, you know, there's a big difference between permission and a right. So yeah. only God has a right to us. We have that indelible mark Amen. on our soul. That, that doesn't go away. That stays here. Now, if you've given permission by some of the things that we're mentioning right now, um, uh, you know, to, to a demon to inhabit you, well, then that's a different story. But just, I think one good thing you need to do is is uh, explain the difference between uh, uh, preternatural and supernatural, because I think a lot of people yes, okay. uh, mistake that, and then we'll get into the individual things that uh, uh, you know involved with uh, witchcraft. Perfect. Yeah, and on the next segment, I want to play a short little clip of Bishop Snyder, where he talks about the power of the Catholic Church. Just to guys lift you guys up for the fourth segment. But okay, so the question is, what's the difference between supernatural and preternatural? Okay, think about this. God is at the top of the triangle. God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's a supernatural being, which means he's all-powerful, present everywhere, knows everything, had no beginning, had no end. Everything is sustained by his power. He needs nothing. Uh, God subsists within himself. That's a supernatural being. There's nobody who's supernatural in the universe but for God, the Trinity. Beneath God, way, way, way beneath God, you got angels. Angels are preternatural. They don't have bodies, they're, in it, they're, they're, they're pure intellect and will, and they, uh, they're vastly more intelligent than human beings. Uh, they can move by the speed of thought. Uh, demons are fallen angels, so they, they retain the same nature. They're, 
the nature of a demon is angelic. So the powers that they had as an angel, they still have as a demon. Uh, Preternatural powers could also mean something like they're able to project their thoughts into human beings by, as Dr. Peter Craig says, by mental telepathy. Uh, They're able to move objects. Uh, They're able to raise things up, levitate people, objects. Uh, So, so yeah, uh, uh, they're able to to shape shift and take different forms through preexistent matter. So that's a preternatural being, an angel and a demon. Then way below angels and demons, you have human beings. We are, we are simply natural beings, natural. I can't walk on water. I can't levitate in the air on my own. You know, I can't move objects by just thinking about it. So the three criteria you have God, the Trinity is supernatural. Angels and demons are preternatural. Human beings are simply natural. Eddie? Yeah, just, I mean, we have to understand our, uh, you know, where we are in the pecking order because we come <laughs> way below the demons. And the demons have this ability to do stuff that can confuse us, they can deceive us, and they have access to our emotions. Uh, and so we have to be careful because, uh, uh, we can be uh, deceived very easily, and uh, it often happens. Just one of the things that talks about Dan talks about in this paragraph was um, uh, specifically when we evoke him in a ritualistic way. So ha- having a ritual as part of uh, your your uh, uh, your your attempt to be healed or or some other uh, device, being do having a ritual, being participant in a ritual uh, attracts the demons. So that if you're doing it. In a in a wrong way, in a, a lit, you know a illegitimate way, it can attract the demons. Jess. so I mean, this is something that we have to be careful. And a lot of the uh, the rituals that come with some of these uh, uh, people that they're mentioning, uh, uh, you know, involved with witchcraft, are very um, are very can be very uh, detrimental to our our spiritual uh, our spiritual. Uh, you know, just the the way we are spiritually. And and so that's why we need to kind of uh, go on on some of these things that you're talking about, because we could probably talk a lot about just some of the things that we've seen uh, in the witchcraft. I'll I'll just I'll just mention them, just astrologers, bomos, channelers, uh, uh, charters, clairvoyants, crystals, crystal healers, fortune tellers, mediums, the New Age movement, occult seers, Palm, tea, leaf, or tarot card readers, psychics, santeros, santeria, satanic cults, spirit guides, witches, witch doctors, dungeon masters, and voodoo, uh, participation in seances, divination, Ouija boards, horoscopes, and occult games of all sorts, and any form of worship that does not offer true honor to Jesus Christ. Just did, We just mentioned our, our our culture, the Mexican American culture, yeah. is is rife with these things, Jess. Yeah, you're right, Eddie. Um, this is what we're battling this, and, and a lot of it is because, as Father Ripperger and Kyle Clement and Dan say, that the number one problem why people become diabolically afflicted and embrace these practices is because they're uncatechized; they don't know their Catholic faith. But yet, the average person kind of intuitively knows that there's power in ritual prayer. We kind of know that because of our baptism, that that uh, that census fidei, 
that we know that there's something powerful about ritual because ritual's been used in the one true religion since Judaism. The Jews have been using ritual 2,000 years before the Catholic faith. Then the Catholic faith, you know, picked picked it up and was started by Christ to uh, to take all the, the the what was good and beautiful about Judaism and expand it and transform it and make it international. And the Catholic Church has continued the practice of conferring God's grace through ritual. Satanists know this. The occult knows this. Witches know this. And so they've looked at the Jews and Catholics that for thousands of years have very effectively communicated God's grace and power through ritual. And so that's why they've imitated us. They've imitated us precisely. The Satanists do not imitate the Protestant evangelicals who jump around raising their hands, playing electric guitars on stages with strobe lights. They don't do that. They're, they're, uh, their satanic services emulate Old Testament Judaism and New Testament Catholicism. Yeah, Jesse, we have to understand all it is, is it's an inversion of Catholicism. It's an inversion. So if we have a yeah. sacrament or ritual to to uh, that we undertake uh, for certain, you know, certain points of our lives, then the demonic is going to invert that and it's going to be the exact opposite of it. So we all have to, to take note of what's happening in some of the things that we're doing that's not our religion that's that's some of us for some of us it's pastimes for some of us it's different things but we have to evaluate what what's happening in the event that we're participating in that's what gets a lot of us in trouble yeah that's right uh eddie you want to pick it up from there yeah it says as clement notes moreover manipulation is the simplest form of witchcraft that is in witchcraft we take ourselves at the center of the activity and use false powers to manipulate people and events to our own gain. Conforming to God's will, rather than imposing your will, is paramount to liberation. All manipulation of others must cease as prerequisite to trustful surrender to God's will in your life. It says the interactive nature of all witchcraft deeply offends God and creates an entry point for the diabolic. In addition, those practices that do not offer true honor to Jesus Christ are often a subtle blending of Christian and pagan elements. Some assert that uh, white magic seeks good, uh, seeks good ends and black magic seeks evil or harm, justifying the former. As Father O'Morth writes, however, there are no such things as white or black magic. Every form of magic is practiced with recourse to Satan. Even if the intended end is good, such as bodily or psychological healing, uh, the means can still be a recourse to Satan. This includes the invoking or channeling of energies to open chakras or meridians to heal or cleanse the body. As with uh, popular methodologies today, uh, as with uh, popular methodologies today, many Christians are lured into this subtle grasp. Whether the practitioner invokes St. Padre Pio, uh, prays in tongues, lights a, a St. Jude candle, or has an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on the wall makes no difference. The demon works only in the objective, and he tricks many Christians today through a syncreatic blending of the clean and unclean in the name of healing. Yeah, syncretic or syncretism is a heresy that the Catholic Church has denounced where you use... Uh, the Catholic faith and pagan practices, and you try and you try to combine combine them, like a witch 
having Our Lady of Guadalupe candles around her table as she calls you in because she's going to start reading your palms. That's called syncretism. And they do that quite effectively, Eddie, to, to really confuse the low-information Catholic. Yeah, Jess, I mean, a lot of people will tell me what they've been doing, and they went to this uh, Santero, and, and she, but they were okay because they had a big statue of the Virgin Mary in front of their church, in front of their uh, in front of their business. They had no, they have, they have no idea just what what the syncretism uh, does. It blends. I mean, that's a good uh, definition of voodoo. Voodoo is blending Catholicism with with uh, uh, Santeria, and you come up with voodoo. So, yeah, it's um, it's yeah. unless you know your faith, unless you've been catechized well, there's. Uh, you have limited way to deal with these things, and uh, chances are you can get afflicted because of it. And Eddie, the problem is, is that right now the chief catechist of the Catholic Church, Cardinal Victor Fernandez, uh, he's more concerned with the with Playboy than he is with sacred scripture. <laughs> so. Yes, this is going to blow out of the water. I don't think it has yet. You're probably one of the first ones, podcasters, to mention it. And so I'm going to wait to see where this lands, but uh, it's going to be very interesting. And hopefully uh, this uh, document gets rescinded by uh, by the Office of the Dicastery of the Doctrine of Faith. <laughs> Amen. You're listening to Jesus 911. We're talking about, uh, we're going through, the now we're going through witchcraft and the adult and the occult, permissions and rights. Uh, we'll pick it up on the next segment, but we're going to start off the next segment with a quick uh Soundbite by Bishop Athanasius Snyder just to kind of pick you up. We'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Jesus 911, two-man car. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Let's uh, talk a little bit about some uh, good news here about a faithful holy prelate. I'd like you to hear just a short, it's, just a, it's about a 30-second clip of Bishop Schneider who says the church is stronger than a bad pope. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? No, the church will not collapse. The church is more stronger than an erring pope or a, or a moral bad pope. It's stronger and can endure a time even of a pope who is spreading or helping spreading heresies in his pontificate or helping these ideologies as we today state this. Eddie, there's a lot of voices like that, uh, a lot of voices like Bishop Snyder, Bishop Strickland, Cardinal Mueller, Cardinal Seurat. There's a lot of voices coming out, and they're giving the faithful the information that we need. And I thank God for Bishop Snyder and all those voices out there that are that are giving us the proper catechesis, what I would call the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church. What do you think about that clip? Yeah, Jess, I mean, that is very uplifting. I'll tell you what, that... That's a cardinal telling us, hey, don't worry about this. God set it up so that there is no pope, no bad pope, no morally illicit, you know, illicit guy that's going to uh, usurp the power of the church. The church yeah. is going to survive this. And, you know, that's what we have to keep our faith in, Jess. We just happen to live in a time when we had a couple of popes 
or, or just one actually that uh, followed a couple of good popes that, um, yep. uh, that, you know, we, we, we can't put all our faith in the pope and that's the way it's designed. Yeah, our all our faith is designed to be put in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Popes, bishops, priests come and go. They're all replaceable. They're all men and they're all sinners, by the way. Jesus Christ is the God-man. He's irreplaceable. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every single Catholic church has a crucifix. Why? Jesus is the apex. He's the center of our faith. He's perfect. He's sinless. He's pure. And let's not forget that even St. Peter was a sinner, the first pope. And, uh, and every succeeding pope, let's not forget, let's keep, let's keep the proper Catholic perspective. The pope is the successor of Peter, who's a sinner. The Pope is not a, the successor of Jesus. Nobody is the successor of Jesus. He's God. Nobody succeeds God. Nobody replaces God. <clears throat> All the Popes, the 266 Popes that we've had, are simply successors of Peter, who was very good in most instances, and he had some shortcomings as well. He was very bad in other instances. So let's keep that perspective. Keep your eyes, keep your faith, keep your trust, keep your hope on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why St. Faustina taught us in 1931, she didn't teach us to go around our house at 3 o'clock saying, Pope, I trust in you. Bishop, I trust in you. Cardinal, I trust in you. No! She taught us to say over and over again throughout the day, Jesus, I trust in you you yeah just you have to we have to remember that we can't go without that and you know uh really quick one of the prayers that i heard that's so wonderful for us to remember for our clergy when the priest is processing into mass this is important mm. i say this prayer priest of god say this mass as, as if it's your first mass priest of god say this mass as if it's your last mass Mm. Oh, priest of God, say this mass as if it's your only mass. Just this is that's a beautiful prayer that we need to remember to to to, to be behind our priests to give them the prayers that they need because um, we don't have a lot of that going on right now. Yeah, and let's and let's that's a beautiful prayer. I know a lot of priests that pray that prayer before they actually enter the church, before the yeah. procession. That's one of the prayers that they pray, is uh, to remind them that this could be their last mass and pray as as if it could be. Yeah. Eddie, we're, we're in the last segment here, and we're talking about the the renunciation of evil influences, specifically witchcraft and the occult. That's what we're talking about here. Dr. Schneider writes, Father Ripperger defines the sin of superstition as the attributing to creature <coughs> that which is proper to God. This can range from idolatry to vain observance. Thus, superstition is a belief that a temporal effect may be brought about through the agency of a certain lucky object or special prayer form, etc. Ultimately, it renders to creature the worship that is owed to God alone. Other practices include yoga, tai chi, reiki, feng shui, transcendental meditation, crystals, re reflexology, water witching, psychic hotline, pendulum, soul travel, Edward Casey, course in miracles, dream catchers, hypnotism, where one enters a vulnerable in-between state of consciousness, in each of these, a foreign or false power is invoked. Pick it up from there, Eddie. It goes on. It says, one such practice to be avoided is Reiki, whose practitioners seek to channel universal life energy. 
As the USCCB cautioned, Reiki and Christian healing are incompatible. To wit, some practitioners attempt to Christianize Reiki by adding a prayer to Christ, but this does not affect the essential nature of Reiki. They conclude that Reiki therapy is not compatible with either Christian teaching or scientific evidence, and that a Catholic who puts his or her trust in Reiki would be operating in the realm of superstition, the no man's land that is neither faith or nor science. Again, note the pattern to which to watch for, namely the invocation of something, power, energy, etc., from outside of the body to act in agency for healing and wholeness inside the body. Bearing it, uh, bearing in mind the psalm which states the gods of this, the gods of the nations are idols. That's in Psalm 96. All superstitious practices, even if they are presented with a, a, a veneer of true religion, must be avoided. Hmm. As the practice of authentic Christian meditation has fallen into disuse, many look to Eastern forms of prayer, such as yoga and transcendental meditation, for peace, psychic balance, or the well-being. For example, I'll give you somebody who's... Mo a, lot, a lot of Hollywood stars, Eddie, are big, big into uh, Eastern religions. George Lopez being one of them fallen away Catholic that I went to San Fernando High School with. Uh, the church has warned against Eastern practices and prayer forms which can degenerate into a cult of the body and can lead surreptitiously to consider all bodily sensations as spiritual experiences. While many non-Christian prayer forms seek superior knowledge or experience, the goal of, of forms, the, yeah, the goal of Christian prayer is union with God. Citing a 4th century charismatic group that equated the grace of the Holy Spirit with the psychological experience of his presence in the soul. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith documents notes that the fathers insisted on the fact that the soul's union with God in prayer is realized in a mysterious way and in particular through the sacraments of the church. Moreover, it can even be achieved through experiences of affliction or desolation. They may, they may be an authentic participation in the state of abandonment experienced on the cross by our Lord, who always remains the model and mediator of prayer. In fact, many who seek Eastern prayer forms wish to avoid the cross, infertility, aging, physical or psychological pain, etc. So what Dan is saying here is that all the Eastern methodologies and religions and philosophies, they do not have an understanding of what God has called every single one of us to, which is called redemptive suffering. Yeah, Jason, that's what he's talking about when he talks about the experiencing affliction or desolation, because that's what Christ experienced on the cross. You know, it wasn't a, something that was known by everybody around there immediately. What, what happened when, when Jesus opened the doors of heaven that, that day on Good Friday has to be remembered as, as what preceded it, and that is affliction and desolation. We believe that some of us can benefit from being afflicted or even in desolation. So, uh, yeah, just it's, it's not all it's not a happy, happy religion. We don't always have happy, happy in our life. You know, as we get older, we have uh, bones that creak and crack in the mornings, especially in this cold weather. And the reality just is that some of us are going to be afflicted with that for the rest of our lives. And we have to understand that that's part of the faith. Yeah, yeah, that. That's part of our purification. That's part of our growth and holiness. And that's also part of the way, especially the men, the patriarchs, the fathers, grandfathers, the husbands. That's the way 
you merit the grace of conversion and you merit the grace of salvation for your wife and your kids. It's through your sufferings as you offer them up to God every day. That's why it is a good thing to do the morning offering every day. That way, all the sufferings throughout your day are a prayer because you've offered them to God in the morning. And so every bone that cracks throughout the day, every pain that you feel now becomes a prayer because you've intentionally offered it to God in your morning offering. Eddie? Yeah, just I was just going to say, you know, uh, we hear uh, St. John of the Cross, a dark night of the soul, I believe it was. Mother Teresa also had this, uh, this uh, situation in her life where mm-hmm. she didn't always feel like God was was reciprocating with it, right? So she felt alone much of the time. And that's what the saints, some of the saints go through that. So we have to have faith in that. Amen. Yep. Well, you've been listening to Jesus 911. And uh, uh, Eddie, see if you could get one more paragraph in before we wrap it up here. Okay. Some have tried to Christianize Eastern prayer in the attempt to fuse Christian meditation with that which is non-Christian, however, there exists a danger of falling into syncretism as found in yoga or other Eastern meditative practices. Uh, as I wrote, yoga is derived from the uh, from the Latin yugo, meaning to unite or to yoke, as seen in the English word conjugal, which literally means to be bound or yoked together. In uh in a Hindu context, yoga means union with the absolute or some form of divinity. Uh, as the best known practice of Hindu spirituality, yoga is incompatible with Catholicism. In fact, the physical possesses uh, poses uh, of yoga invoke false Hindu gods. So that's that's what to remember with yoga. We'll pick it up from we'll pick it up there next time. Uh, you've been listening to Jesus Nine One One Two Man Car. Remember on Mondays this is Liber Cristo training where we're going through the Liber Crystal methodology of healing and liberation. And we're doing a deep dive, thanks to Dr. Dan Schneider, who's taken Father Ripperger's book, Dominion, and he's redacted it, and uh, he's made it into a readable book. The book is called The Liber Crystal Method, a, spirit, a, a Field Manual for Spiritual Combat. And uh, I'm enjoying these Mondays, Eddie. I don't know about you, because uh, Dan writes in a way that's very appealing to men. Yeah, Jess, I, I you know... I- the way he describes these things are very, uh, very uh, easy for those of us, even in the ministry, to follow and, and get along with it. So, yeah, I, uh, I thank uh, thank God that uh, they were able to do this. Yeah. All right, family, that's a wrap. Jesus nine one one. We'll see you next time. Remember, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Saint Father Pio says, "Pray, hope, and don't worry. Where is useless, God is merciful and will hear your prayer." God bless you. See you next time.